Reggie ATL coming to you from the lovely city of Atlanta, Georgia. Going out to Chi Town, the Windy City, with Jason. Jason, how's it going? Hey, brother, what's going on with you, man? Man, lovely day. I cannot help it. Out here, right, feeling right. pretty good, man. I, I feel pretty good every day, to be 100% honest that's, with you, man. I, I, I'm going to have good. to listen to these shows. Whenever I have bad days, Jay, I'm going to have to go back and listen to these shows <laughs> and be like, yo, I remember when it was great, man. You know what I mean? I, right. But it's, uh, it is lovely here. Now, this show we're going to do today is I'm going to be on gang violence in Chicago. And gang violence okay. in particular, not just talking about just regular, you know, things that happen because gang violence is what Chicago is known for, going back to days of like Al Capone and stuff like this. Now, for people right. like me... Um, I'm just gonna give you a little bit of my background on this subject in particular. So me personally, I love all the gang, all the gang stuff. So basically, I'm a I'm a fan of researching where there's blood and crips, where there's mafia, Gambino, Gambino, um, Luciano, stuff like that. You know, where there's mm-hmm. mafia, whether it's uh, those gang uh, gangs that are in, out in, in regional gangs, whether it be it New York, Chicago, L.A. Or if it's even uh, overseas, we were talking about uh, Yakuza and stuff like that. I'm interested in all of it. I want to know about all, all, all the mafia right. gang stuff. I've always been right, interested right, in it right. since high school. Fast forward to 2013, 2014, I came across this. Uh, well, of course, Chief Keefe came out with a song. Um, Chief Keefe came out around maybe 2011, 10-ish, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. uh, when he kind of really started mm-hmm. to blow. Mm-hmm. So Keefe started right. to blow. And then he was always saying this, uh, they were always saying this Tuka thing in their, in their raps. And I'm like, yo, what is that? What is that? And I used to, so I, that's what started me down the rabbit hole that it still continued seven years later, <laughs> seven years later. I just went down the rabbit hole last week. Right. You know, I don't do it every week. And now it's more so, like a few times a year type situation. But I started to go down that whole rabbit hole and it was really fascinating to me. And then they had the story on KI. And then of course you have King Von and all the, and all this other stuff that, that happened and with Von mm. being killed here in Atlanta recently. Um, right. All that stuff has been super interesting to me. I've always, as I've gotten a little bit older with that, I started to feel a little bad about it because, and, and I don't really know why I felt bad about it, Jace, because I never felt bad about looking at the Italian mobsters, you know, and they're doing the same. They're killing each other up. You know what I mean? No problem. They're, 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 they're pulling up the restaurant to shooting people up, shooting up the whole restaurant. Doing stuff like that. So I never had any problem looking at that stuff. But maybe because it's my culture, I feel like it's a situation where it, I am a part of glorifying it without glorifying Because I'm on Chiracology, which is a Reddit site, but which is nothing but mm-hmm. uh, Chirac culture. Ooh, they know everything. Mm-hmm. Those are the cops on there, man. I'm not sure if the cops, if, I don't know if they if they even need a job with sites like that around. Man. They pretty much have everybody's businesses on some of these blogs. Um, well... You know, I, you know, the first thing to bag it up, you know, when we look at, you know, what's funny about the, the, the Al Capone era, the Genovese crime family, Luciano, you know, Profaci, Luciano, you know, the, the, the five families, basically. When we look at that era, you know, it's funny because, you know, those guys never considered themselves the, the mafia. You know, they, 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 they called themselves La Cosa Nostra, La Cosa Nostra. And they never really spoke about that publicly. Right. Uh, Very opposite. And, and then, What's and, happening now? You know, and it, it was always the media that put a that put a name on it, calling them, you know, calling Italians the mafia and calling them, and then putting a, another label on it, which was considered organized crime. And I, you know, and, and what I find funny about that, you know, and I'm just gonna pull out the race card on it at this point, you know, when it's nothing against Italians, because you know that this, it's I don't even. They didn't even come up with the term organized crime. But, you know, it's funny how they gave the Italians organized crime. And, yes, it was a different time. It was a different era. We're talking about prohibition. 
uh, when alcohol was illegal and, and all this stuff. But when it came, you know, as much as we heard the majority, the dominant figures were, you know, uh, 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 Lucky Luciano, uh, yeah, Al Capone, uh, you know, all the uh, uh, Joe Bonanno, um, you know, uh, even Michael uh, Francis uh, from the families and, and whatnot. You know, when we hear about these guys, we hear about how organized they were, how how deadly they could be. And, you know, but but how slick and smart these guys were. But even within that era, you had you had uh, more than just uh, Bumpy Johnson from Harlem, New York. You, there was more organized crime figures other than that. It's just the dominant figures were, uh, you know, that were, you know, put on the, the, the front pages were Italian. Uh, you didn't you didn't hear about a lot of African-American organized crime. You know, we didn't get that that title. We didn't get that that uh, notoriety or, you know, that publicity or that valid, that, you know, criminal validation, so to speak, because we, we were always wanting to be, you know, once again, we were always that in, uh, at the lowest, you know, at the, at the bottom of the barrel, whatever like that. And even so now with the, with the criminal activity going on now, we're always looked upon as a savage form of, uh, of, you know, criminals or whatever like that, not organized, not, we're not smart. We're not thinking, which, which honestly me growing up in the eighties and the nineties, that was the furthest from the truth. Some of, you know, some of your most ruthless, you know, or considered considerably ruthless dudes of, you know, gang organizations or whatever, they actually were thinkers. They were actually very, um, you know, reasonable at times, you know, the, you know, you, you would see gang members who, they were products of their environments, no less, but at the same time, they had a brain. They respected uh, the, you know, the elderly people. They, they had a code that they lived by. They didn't use guns. And, we, none and, of those and gangs were started like, like the 70s and 80s on, the, on those premises. You know, a lot of those gangs right. started on protecting your neighborhood type situations and then right, kind of take a turn right. uh, somewhere. There. Well, you, I think there's a lot of 80s uh, in the drug, the drug culture in the 80s really ruined a lot of that. Um, but there's not really where that's not how it started. A lot of these gangs didn't start with the no. with criminal criminal minds, um, criminal minded uh, intentions, so to speak. They started no, on like protecting no. the neighborhood because they felt the neighborhood mm-hmm. was underserved in that in that area. So they felt like they were going to protect right. themselves. So then they started started some of these gangs right. and stuff like that. Kind of started in that way, at least the way in Chicago. Now you know a lot of right. Italians uh, hate hate this classification. They hate this stereotype. So um, I can get it. I get it. There's, when you look around the 70s and 80s, a lot of uh, Italian marches that took place in New York against mm-hmm. behavior like this because they were they were tired of being typecast. Typecast is being, hey, you're Italian, you're a mafia, you're in the mafia. Right. Ty- type situation. <laughs> Automatically. You forget your whole, forget, right. forget it, it's a whole country named Italy. You're Italian, hey, listen, right. you're, in, you're, just, you're just in the mafia. You know, and, and I understand right. that. But listen, from uh, being in our culture, I understand that 100% of being one typecast or painted with a broad brush when it comes to uh, these type of things. I think one of the things yeah. that separates uh, from that particular time period, and we would never know, because it's kind of like Jordan and LeBron. With Jordan and LeBron, they get compared, but the problem is with Jordan is there was no social media back then, so you don't really know as much about him as you know about LeBron now, living in a social media exactly. era. It could exactly. be the same thing with these exactly. Italian mobsters. So even though I look now and say, a lot of these gangs, they're completely self-snitching. On YouTube, I can go right now on YouTube and find out how many people certain people have killed, because you got a song about it. And you tell me how many people yeah. you killed. And you tell me when you did it. 
And the thing is, right. is that's very different than what was going on, even when they're just the 80s gangs in general. Like, you know, but there was no social media back then to really know, you know? Right. So when you were growing up in in uh, in your day growing up, did you see, I know you saw some of the gang stuff, but how bad was it versus how bad it's perceived to be from the outside looking in? You know, I came from, I can safely say my parents, uh, for, for a good majority of the time that we, we got sheltered. Um, so I, and I think that was purposely sheltered, I'll say, because they didn't want us around that kind of activity. They didn't want us to be involved in that, that, you know, for good reason, uh, for great reason. Um, from what I saw, from what, you know, from growing up as a kid and a young adult to where I'm at now, I can safely say, cause I come from the South side of Chicago and, you know, kind of touching on the whole typecasting and stereotyping or, or assumptions. What I find funny about this conversation is that I'll tell certain people who are not from my side of town where I'm from and their eyes will light up and they're like, Oh, that's interesting. Translation. That's dangerous. Yeah. How you're from you the hood. Why are you even yeah, alive talking to me right now, Jason? How are you even speaking? Exactly, exactly. Which couldn't be further from the truth because <laughs> it's like, just because I say I'm from the South, that's like some, somebody saying they're from the West side, you know, most people think of West Side, they think all oh, the wild hunters. Well, there's more than the West Right, Side you're only thinking of a very hunters. specific section of yeah, that. Yeah, you're thinking of a, a very specific area, a uh, community where it's known for its violence. But even then, like, I, I'm sure you've heard the saying, uh, if you're not from there, you really can't speak on it. And yeah, absolutely. And my thing, even being from a Chicago native or whatever like that, I'm not from the wild hunters. So I can't really speak on that. I am from the South Side. And the South Side area that I come from is, listen, it's not 100% dangerous. But at the same time, we're not chilling out on the patio or the porch late at night either. So, <laughs> yeah, don't, you know, let's not invite it. You know what I mean? It's like we're not, we're, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not inviting danger to like, just come up and walk up on us either. Like the area I'm from, it's not what it used to be. But at the same time, the block I'm on is actually pretty neutral compared to Maybe if you go uh, uh, 0.5 miles down or a mile down or whatever like that or two miles down or whatever like that, I'm very well aware of that this entire area is not the safest, but it's not the worst either. So when I hear about, you know, you know, this whole Chief Keith thing and, you know, him calling Lamron instead of just normal or whatever, normal street or whatever like that. And yes, there's gang activity. And yes, it's, from what I've seen in the news and stuff like that, yeah, there's a lot of mass shootings. There's, you know, stuff has increased. But in my honest opinion, I believe it's increased because, and I'm not saying this to be funny, I feel like at times people feel like they got to make up for lost time. Meaning we've gone through, you know, a pandemic, which slowed down everything. I'd even say the pandemic slowed down on criminal activity. Because <laughs> yeah, for sure. Be, be, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's like it slowed down the traffic where, I don't care how big and bad you are. The National Guard start coming through, shutting stuff down. You know that's going. Oh, I know you can do about that. Your criminal, right? That's going to slow down anybody's uh, enterprise, right, as right. I say, say as I say nicely. You know, so what I feel what's going on is is it could be a lot of past beefs, a lot of past, you know, deal like I'm gonna deal with that as soon as this this pandemic is over. Homeboy better hope you know he better get out of town or whatever like that because I'm looking for him after this pandemic gets lifted. You know, so it's like, you know, believe it. A lot of people don't want to believe this, but, you know, the pandemic affects everyone. 
it is it's affected everyone from the positive as well as from the negative side of things you know uh so has has it gotten worse i mean i can say the traffic has gotten worse out here because of the fact that people have forgotten how to drive you know i say that kind of jokingly because it's like i want to say the beginning of summer i we've had about over more than several accidents on lakeshore drive which is which has slowed and even stopped traffic in a dead stop you know because everything is kind of coming back alive and everything's kind of getting back to uh, i say this loosely normal or whatever like that so you know people are just excited to be back into the world and then some people are just excited to to get whatever back in the motion that they had before the pandemic hit and you know i think that increases a lot of testosterone uh estrogen you know excitement anxiety just a lot of stuff and criminal activity but i think that that's one thing that's always being i think pushed to the front of its front page news so they're gonna you know that's what sells they say if it bleeds so it leads gonna, jason yeah leads you know that, and that's that's bs to me man that's i don't like that because it's like once again it's it's perpetuating that that stereotype that that's all Chicago is about. And, I, and I'm sure like from an, you, you being from the ATL, I'm sure you don't want that to be the only thing that, would you really be proud of ATL being a murder capital of the world? Uh, you know, like, it's, it's funny because it's kind of like in these situations where you look at certain parts of the culture and of our culture, there's two, two totally different things to be proud of here. Like you have some people who be proud of the fact that their block is, a, is, is notorious. And then you have a greater oh portion of the population who hopes they never see you or your block. They hope they never see either one of you. And they hope to never even be in that area. So you have two very different, looking at that two very different ways. And I will tell you this, Jason, like there's a long time that I didn't look at local news. I'm a national news person. I'm usually watching national news. That's usually what I'm looking at. It's usually what I'm reading. But Mm -hmm. I uh, started um, doing local news because the the news aggregate that I use started incorporating local news into it uh, recently, like maybe the last two months or so. And when I tell Uh. you that there are, there's so much, violence and and crazy stuff going on around to me there's this site called atl scoop i think is i don't know if it's on tiktok or instagram wherever it's on uh atl scoop there's so much craziness going on on there people are there's a lot of craziness going on in your city especially if you're watching these local news so just like you might see that kind of thing leading and you're always reading your headlines and you're seeing shootings and stuff like that it's the same thing here in atlanta especially as of yeah. late atlanta seems got a lot worse in there crime has kind of gotten out of control nay and um we're seeing the same things. It's a, it's crazy. It's unfortunate. Right. And that's, and that's my thing with this man is it's like, well, we have more uh, media outlets and it's not as controlled as it used to be when you and I were growing up. Um, you know, because I think when you and I were young men or even children, uh, it was worse because as far as media goes, because it was controlled by certain figures for sure controlled by certain, you know, so that they, they, they were able to control the narrative. They were able to control with no kind of rebuttal, you know, no kind of internet to rebut ex- what they were saying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the truth, the truth could be hidden way more than, than it is now where it's like, I mean, we have so many platforms out there on social media nowadays where people are, you know, and it, it doesn't even have a race on it, which I'm cool with, you know, as far as just people exposing, you know, people for who they are, uh, sure. people in powerful positions, you know, especially the police. It's not to say that all police is bad. I, I, you know, I can even 
humbly say that all police aren't bad, even though I still get nervous when cops are rolling behind me. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if anybody should be excited about that. Even if you were the most law abiding, I'm a law abiding citizen. And I don't get excited about being pulled over. It's it still sucks. No, you know what I mean? I, not even pulled over. <laughs> I just don't want to behind me. Like, yeah, that, I, absolutely. Really for sure. At a stoplight or a stop sign pulling up right beside the police. I'll make sure my car is maybe a few feet away from them. I don't want to be beside. I don't want them to even look at me. I right. don't want them to get the, well, maybe we should pull this guy over because he fits the description for this. Or let's, well, you know what? <clears throat> he looks familiar. Let me run his plate. I don't even want to put that thought in their head. You know, so it, you know, I'm still cautious around the, 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 the white and blue gang, you know? <clears throat> and while we're talking about gangs, that's actually a big gang right there. A lot of people don't recognize that, but there's so much political stuff that goes into being a police officer. You know, that could be uh, politics. Period, man. That can be city hall. You, you know, have so many corrupt city halls out here. That that can be you know a whole gang in of itself. That's that, and that's a whole nother level of gang. <laughs> it is activity. absolutely. But see, but they don't call it that. They don't call. They have a. They have a. They have a special name for. They call it politics. They call it no. He's a civil. He's a civil servant. They're they're doing their do. Law abiding citizens. They're they're doing their duty. You know, it's it's basically you're translating one language to another. It's going from street to academic, and it's not really that academic, if you ask me. But it's just it's just basically perspective and and a choice of different words. That's it. And and instead of them wearing certain colors, they wear suits. They're wearing, you know, they're wearing a uniform and they 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 have the authority to have a gun and a badge and a, and, and, you know, those bracelets as, or handcuffs or, you know, and uh, ammunition and, you know, roll around in cop cars and and, you know, through stop stop signs and stop lights and be OK with that. And, you know, it listen, it, it is what it is. It's, it's it's you know, people want to call it what they want to call it. No, they're you know, they're they're serving the public and, you know, they're helping us out like no that's a gang well it says some are and then some aren't you know the problem is is that police officers are human beings and human beings can be corrupted i mean that's just uh, human beings in any position Uh, human beings are human i think that's first and foremost when you start with where we're dealing with athletes celebrities or whoever human beings are human first so then they're going to be human beings in all these positions and we all know uh, every human being in on on the up and up you know they're they're uh opportunist they're looking for ways to advance their own careers. These are some things that I always uh, think about, no matter what the human being that I'm, I'm dealing with, in what position that human being may be in. You know, right? Uh, so when you were going to school, like when you never felt any safety issues, just to dispel some of these uh, myths and stuff here. So you never felt no, safety you know, issues going to school I, like that. No, when I was a kid, man. I mean, the school I went to was a private. I went to private school all my life. And, Very nice. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, somewhat, but uh, you know. It, it it was cool, you know, education academically, but to answer your question, the, the thing about, hold on, I'm sorry, man. It's me, mom. It's me. I'm on the phone. Sorry about that. It's all good. Uh, uh, to answer your question. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, going to this, the, the, you know, as far as elementary school goes, you know, I knew this one kid, uh, forget his name. And if I did remember, I probably wouldn't say it on purpose, but, um, you know, he had like, I think I got a little bit of exposure to the street life uh, through him. Not, not, I didn't hang with him. He wasn't a friend of mine, but I remember we had to go run an errand for a teacher and it was me, him and this other student. And, 
a beeper fell out of his uh uh his sock that he was holding his ankle or whatever like that so i was like now this guy's the same age as us and he's got a beeper and you know, he used to be like the, the he used to be the tail back in the day. Like if you had like a well, beeper yeah, or a pager, I mean, people used to be like, "Oh, you're live! Like you're really doing things." Well, yeah, yeah, you, you, you in them streets because <laughs> it's like that was around the time that the movie Colors came out, and you know, and, and all of that. So it was like anybody who had a beeper. Like I remember my dad had a beeper, so I, but he had a job. He, you know, he was a he worked for the city. You know, I understood his his purpose for having that, and there was only two people. Even as a kid, you put it together, you know, there's only a couple people who need a beeper, you know, and that's, that's workers and, you know, street workers. And, and this kid was the same age as us. So, you know, Hey man, what the hell you need a beeper for? And it's like, you do the math. Two plus two is always going to be four, you know? So, you know, this guy is, you know, he's running the streets and, you know, of course, you know, I didn't know about it. I still don't know about it. I'm not a street dude, but you know, you can only sum up what he's doing. He's probably a runner, uh maybe a lookout, and he's probably, you know, carrying Was this like this is stuff, high school you know? or elementary school? Which school you say you're Oh, it's elementary school. Oh man, so you're doing like big things. Fourth. You got a page in elementary oh, school. I'll tell man, you that. Man, I was you know, your your curiosity is definitely heightened and whatnot. But sure. as far as with seeing all the activity there was a school not too like maybe a few miles down from us which is not too far from me now where i live around and it's, it was a high school where it's known for having a lot of street life activity uh involved at the school even though it was a trade school and uh and so i would you know i would see snippets of it i would see small you know you know like you know, little, little things, you know, I, I would never be exposed to the big picture, which I'm grateful for, you know, um, I had, you know, family members that, uh, that I had envied at one point because he was a part of the street life. So there's a little bit more exposure there, uh, you know, so, but it seems as a child, it seems fascinating to you because it's forbidden, but the older you become, the more you realize it's a dead end, you know, it's not, there's nothing fascinating or glorifying about it. It's, it's very dangerous. And the older you become, the more dangerous it becomes, or even, or when you reach a certain age where you understand how that game works, that's the minute it becomes even more dangerous because it's like, look, you're a part of it. You know, and a lot of people like, well, he's a kid and it doesn't matter. You understand? No, these kids jump right? out the porch at like 11, 12, 13 years old. Exactly. And that's where the brainwashing method starts with, you know, street life, because once you become a part, once you win it, you win it. And ain't no game. Right. It's any situation you can just quit. You can't just give it two weeks right. notice and get up out no, of here. It's, you know, it's like, because especially if you become their best worker, you be, you know, it's one thing to become employee of the year at Subway or employee of the month at McDonald's or something like that. And they praise you and they give you a thumbs up and you quit the next week. And they're like, hey, man, we wish you well. You become the best worker for that kind of, you know, line of work. Well, you're dependent on 24-7 for whatever they need you for. And now you want to leave? Like, no, you're going to mess up the whole operation. And you know you're way too up. much, usually once you've grown up exactly. in these companies. Or in these companies, exactly. I call them companies, but in these gangs, these organizations. Some of these organizations are ran to the point where once you've advanced to a certain point, you know too much You know too much to just leave. Right. You you And, and I mean, based off who your supervisor is, you know, if they're... I mean, if they maybe have some history with you or whatever like that, they may 
let you go, but they may not, they still may not let you go or whatever like that. So, or if they do let you go, there's a, you know, that there's a debt you have to pay or there's a, you know, and insurance with the interest rate being so high that you're never going to get out anyway. So it's, it's just, it's too risky, but a lot of, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about just short term, especially as a young person, you're not thinking about how this is going to affect you long term. Um, you know, uh, forget jail and death, but just, just the whole dealing with the day in day out anxiety of, you know, just getting the job done, you know, because, you know, I've watched enough documentaries to see what these guys go through just to come out alive, forget coming out with the money and, and, and retiring and living in an island or something like that. that just that coming out, period. Glorif- <laughs> yeah, just coming out, period, in one piece. It's like, I mean, if some guys are lucky, they come out in a wheelchair. You know, uh, they, they come out, you know, handicapped from the waist down when, in fact, they weren't born like that. That's how they end up because they got caught in the crossfire, literally. So, uh, you know, a lot of street kings either end up in prison in, in the grave or on crutches or in a wheelchair. It's just, it always ends the same because that's how it's set. That's how the game is set up. Um, yeah, but to answer your question, I didn't see a whole lot, man. I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot and I'm thankful for that. I'm that's thankful that's that good. I Cause I, that one of the things yeah. I want to do is be able to, to dispel some of these myths and rumors because there, there are, will be rumors at such such like, you know, Hey, if you in Chicago, you better have a full suit of armor to just go to school out there. Because, you know, right. it can just happen to you just, just doing anything. Now, for current day, because we're about to wrap the show up here, fast forward to current mm-hmm. day. Um, have you seen any difference in that at all? Or is it all just been the same to you? Because, you know, from outside looking in, sometimes it looks like there's an uptick in a situation. But the uptick may be in just visibility. Maybe because there is social media now. Maybe because there is YouTube now. And it is another method of just advertising something that could have always been there. Have you seen any more uptick on it? Or everything is just pretty much the same as it's been the entire time you've been in Um, you know what? Since I've been here, man, and I've been back here for the past seven years at this point. Um, I'm just gonna say this for my own sake. I'm ready to leave. Really? Um, but yeah, I'm ready to. I'm where ready where, to where are you ready to go to? California. All right. Um, you know that's that's for my career choice and stuff like that. But okay. um, not, and I'm gonna lie, a lot of that's for weather choices as well. For but, sure. Um, uh, one of the reasons I'll say. From what I've seen, yes, it's changed. Um, it's changed greatly to a point where it's not all good. It's not all bad. Um, but it's definitely at least my neighborhood that I grew up in. And, you know, maybe I'm, you know, telling my age here or whatever like that. But, you know, because a lot of older people always say this. It's not like it was. It's not like it was before. You what, know, being what major difference? Uh, community, mm, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's not to say that it's lost upon the neighborhood I'm in, but it's definitely not like it was when I was growing up as a kid. You know, there's, there's some, there's some, I'll say residue. And by that, I mean, there's definitely some people who have been on this neighborhood since I've been a little guy, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, are still here. And so they have that old school sense of, you know, neighborhood, neighborly neighborhood, um, communication and looking out for one another and stuff yeah, like that. I, I remember but, that. <laughs> but the, the whole community, it takes to raise a child type thing, but it, you know, from my perspective, it's, 
it's changed, you know, and you know, hell man, it changed when I was growing up in the eighties and the height of the crack era, even though I didn't see any of that stuff, I saw how it affected some of, unfortunately it got to some of my neighbors and how they went from having a home to being out in the streets and how they went from, you know, just, you know, having a full set of teeth and now they missing some, you know, or, um, you know, losing, losing, um, I lost a childhood friend, uh, to the streets, you know, uh, because he started, I'll just say like that. He started running with some people that he probably shouldn't have ran with and started doing some things, uh, you know, that, that led to his demise. And it was sad because I knew this person, this person used to spend the night over our place. We used to play video games. We used to, you know, this is somebody we grew up with. And, um, to see that, change that's how i knew that there was a major change in the neighborhood there was a major change in this whole sense of you know going back to the topic of discussion today which was the gangs and you know there used to be a point where certain gangs would not accept certain people because they didn't come from where they came from they didn't just accept anyone they didn't just recruit anyone and that's one of the major changes i've seen where it's gotten more as term is used loosely around now today's savage mm-hmm. it's very you know it's very just winner take all kind of you know at any cost at for anything for any price it's you know we're getting we're taking it all you know kind of mentality where it's it's just it's messed up you know whereas before you know there are certain people in those you know organizations as i'll say once again in a nice way uh that'll take a look at somebody like myself and they'll be like go home Right, I remember that. You know, yeah, for sure. you know what I'm saying? It was, <laughs> Absolutely, it was, they, they would know instantaneously they, you don't belong here. Right, it was like they could sense right then and there. It'd be like, "Go home, man. Go, you don't belong here. This is not for you. This is not for you. This is nowhere near for you. So take your ass home." Excuse my language, but that's what that's that's what the mentality was, and you know that was also a sense of community. You know, because it was like. You don't really know what they were doing for you back then, but they were saving your life. Word, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? They, they, absolutely. They were saving. They were saving you from the demise. They knew that was coming their way because they felt like they had no. Choice. It was like, well, I was born into this. You know, this is this is a part of me. This is who I am. Don't think you got to be tough to do this and do this and do. You know, it's like this isn't this isn't that. You know, so just take your behind home. Keep keep your head in a book, you know, or, and, and do something that you need to do for you. But it ain't this. It definitely ain't this. Stop trying to be a tough guy. Cause that's not what being a tough guy is. You know, tough guys don't try to be a tough guy. Tough guy either is or isn't, but he doesn't, doesn't claim it and doesn't, you know, profess it or anything like that. He just, just does it. So, and you're not about that life as they say, so you need to get up on out of here. So, that's what it is. Well, that's good. At least you had that that kind of uh, that kind of influence earlier on. And I mm-hmm. definitely ran into some of that too here in Atlanta. People will know instantaneously if you're about it or not, and um, would definitely advise you appropriately one way or the other. Um, and right. at, at least in, in some small way, that's it appreciated. I guess now that we got into so much of the social media age, it's, it's kind of the two paces out of the tube to a certain degree. Right. You, some of this disrespect you can watch from people that are dead. People have long died. You can still see them disrespecting people over and over again on YouTube because it's internal. It's yeah. eternal now. And I think that uh, that just exacerbates the situation. But 
we'll have more conversations on that because I'm not sure. I'm sure this gang violence uh, across the country is not going anywhere. So we definitely will have more conversations on that. I definitely appreciate you coming on and giving some personal perspective here, Derek. Definitely, man. Appreciate you. This is Reggie ATL. Check us out. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. See you next time.